1: Welcome to the Rotowire NFL DFS podcast. Uh, this is the preview for Week Six. We are sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, I am Scott Jensen. Joined tonight by Vlad Sedler. Uh, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we greatly appreciate that. Um, those ratings uh, really are very important to the podcast, so uh, we really appreciate that. If you enjoy the podcast, take get a few minutes to uh, do that. That would be fantastic. Also, anyway, uh, we get to Week Six. Uh, Vladdy, how you doing?
2: Uh, I'm good. A little baseball going on uh it's it's a nice day uh actually i was just thinking that it's week six and uh it's not exactly a year but if you think back uh to what happened to you week six where you hit that uh massive massive payday on Fanduel um with a little bit of odell beckham who is uh no longer with us football speaking and uh yeah man how uh how you think we're gonna do this week
1: I would like to. Uh, I would like to repeat that if possible. That would be. A, that would be a good time. But uh, you know, just want to have a uh, solid week. Uh, last week was a lot better than than week four. Week four was a rough one for me. Last week was pretty good. Um, the guy who really hurt me was Devonte Parker. I had him in a, a bunch of lineups. I uh, really liked the matchup against uh, against the Titans, and he gets hurt uh, first quarter. Hurts his ankle, goes out, and never comes back. Uh, that one. Re- that one really stung. It's tough in DFS when you start ten guys and one of them goes out in the first quarter.
2: Yeah, oh, you're telling me, man. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, you know, I was working on my lineups uh, all weekend, and uh, decided I was going to go with uh, 80% exposure on Devonte Parker. I uh, oh, hey. Ended up building five. Yeah, ended up building five teams, and uh, you know, by 10:15 West Coast time, he was removed from the game. Like, I was just miserable. <laughs> I was just thinking about how football watching uh, is sometimes hazardous to my health and well-being, and that's what happened on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's funny, we, you know, we talk about the appeal the of DFS is that, you know, the injuries don't hurt you, but uh, they sure hurt you for that one day when they hit. I had, a, I had one really good team that was, that was really flying going into Sunday night, Travis Kelsey with a big first half, and then he got his concussion. Uh, you know, that team really could have flown, but uh, yeah, injuries, uh, injuries bit me in week five. You know, they don't, they don't last long term in DFS, but they can sure hurt a Sunday.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I had a team uh, that was uh, actually doing well, one of the five. And all I needed was uh, a little little action from uh, Tyreek Hill, who I thought would come in a low percentage last week, a little Sunday night hammer. Uh, he did get into the end zone. It just unfortunately wasn't enough. It was you know not that exciting of a payout. But, uh, hey, on to week six. Uh, I, on first glance, I really, really like this slate, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Nice, yeah. It's uh we got we have four teams on by the Bills, Bengals, Cowboys and Seahawks. So we don't lose too much offense there. The you know, the Cowboys are a fun offense, but the rest of those, uh you know, Russell Wilson's fun too, but you know, the Bills and the Bengals, we don't miss must miss much there. We do lose the uh the Eagles and Panthers to a really good Thursday night game, but the Monday night game is Tennessee and Indianapolis, so we don't lose much there. So a lot of good offensive teams on the slate. Uh anything else you want to hit on week five or would you jump into week six?
2: No, I just hope the uh the, the the uh, Steelers learn from their woes last week and uh, you know use Le'Veon Bell a little bit more. I mean, really, pretty sad there—15 rush attempts while uh, you know Ben Ben Roethlisberger appeared to be picked at almost every other pass attempt. So um, that is that's going to be a very very interesting game. I look forward to talking about that one where we've got the two big backs, Le'Veon Bell and Kareem Hunt, featured.
1: Yeah, that uh, that Pittsburgh Jacksonville game that was uh, that was one I was way off, and I said I think I said thirty-one to ten, so I nailed the score exactly right. I just had it in complete opposite direction.
2: Yeah, and you uh, you got in my head definitely. Like I, I was picking up, you know. Obviously, I blame you every week when of the, course. things go wrong. I'm used to that. Yeah, so. Yeah, and so, you know, Steelers' uh, defense was all over it. Uh, picked them up in a couple season-longs uh, and actually sat Jacksonville defense for that oh, yeah. massive. I think they put put up like twenty eight point twenty eight fantasy points in standard NFFC leagues. Um, just, you know, sort of watched that on my bench as the Steelers put up four points. But, uh, hey, that's the volatility of football, and uh, we're resilient, and so we bounce back.
1: It's funny, though. Weird game. I mean, Pittsburgh outgained them 371 to 313. They were right in the game. They had a couple field goals. They turned to touchdowns. They have a lead. And those pick sixes just kill you. I mean, they totally they totally flip the game. You know, Ben just throws incompletions on those plays, and it's a ball game. So uh, you get you get two defensive touchdowns. though. that's really tough to overcome in the NFL.
2: Yep. And then Mr. Baller status himself, Leonard Fournette, with that amazing run there at the end of the game, uh, just an absolute beast.
1: No doubt there. So the first game on the uh, on the Sunday slate will hit is the uh, Dolphins heading to the Mercedes Benz Dome in Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by eleven uh, over under of forty seven. Uh, My, on the Miami side, you know, Jay Cutler just looks terrible. You know, probably a good game script that should be trailing in this game. It's indoors on a fast turf, but uh, I want no part of him in DFS right now. He, he looks bad. I wouldn't be shocked if Matt Moore uh, gets in this game at some point.
2: Wouldn't be shocking at all. Uh, I, I really don't think you can touch Cutler. I know that on some of the uh, the other sites, uh, I actually uh, wanted to pull the trigger on Cutler, didn't end up doing it. But you know, like you mentioned, he looked horrendous last week. Twelve for twenty six on on pass attempts. Now has three interceptions in his last three games. Can hardly even you know jump over one hundred fifty yards passing. Uh, and you know we'll we'll see how how. Things play out for Devontae Parker this week, uh, who obviously is a diva and doesn't play when he's healthy or when he's not healthy. And uh, he's questionable still this week uh, as we head into Thursday. Um, So, you know, that could perhaps open a little something up in, uh, in a game script format for a Jarvis Landry, who obviously works better on, uh, you know, PPR full PPR sites. Um, And even somebody like Kenny Stills, who's super, who's uh, super cheap there. Uh, And as far as JGI is concerned, you know, the 6,900 tag is palpable. Uh, if you think they can hang, um, you know, it is a large point spread there with a, with, with an 11 tag. But, uh, you know, for me, you know, it could be the, the situation where, you know, like Melvin Gordon sort of came out of the blue. Um, you know, a guy that's been good, underpriced, you know, comes up and has a big game. I don't necessarily see this being the same sort of game script for Ajayi to come through on a 6,900.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he had a lot of work last week is the funny thing. I mean, they, they won that game, and he had 25 carries, but only 77 yards. He had two catches for two yards receiving and a fumble. You know, I think everybody's kind of in that mode that he's got to explode at some because he had the three huge games last week, but he just doesn't look like the same guy right now. He's still breaking tackles, but their offensive line's not opening up holes. Uh, this could be a bad game script, though, so it's one of those things that I think a giant needs volume. I think he needs touches. Um, in a game where they're an 11-point underdog, I worry about how many times he touches the ball in the second half.
2: Yes, and on the uh, you know the the Atlanta side of the ball, uh, you've still got Julio Jones bothered by that hip. Um, you know, we're going to see if he's going to be a full run. Um, you know, this week, uh, to me, the most interesting guy, honestly, is, is Devonta Freeman, and, and honest and truly, why not? I mean, he's somebody I'm I'm very interested in paying up for for cash, eighty five hundred tag. Um, you know favorable game script there uh, 11 point favorites he's got at least one touchdown in every game this season Uh, Miami Dolphins are tough against the run uh, a 3.1 yards per carry against Uh, but Atlanta is one of the top graded offensive lines you know Freeman's going to get those goal line carries and so uh, I'm definitely interested in Devontae Freeman this week
1: yeah I mean I always like Freeman especially indoors on the fast turf Uh, but you know Miami hasn't given up more than 60 yards to a running back in in, in all the four of their games. I've uh, been really impressive. You mentioned the 3.1 yards per carry. Good game script though for Freeman. Uh, my only concern is maybe they get they get too far ahead and they, they use a lot of Tevin Coleman. But you got to think if they get too far ahead, it's because Freeman's probably done pretty well. 8500s, uh, uh, you know, a pretty high price tag. Uh, where do you fall on Matt Ryan this week? 8100 in a game they're favored by 11. Might not throw much in the second half. The Miami passing stats look okay, but you know Matt Castle and Josh McCown were two of those four games. Uh, Breeze had 268 and two touchdowns on him. Rivers had 331 on him. Um, my only issue with Matt Ryan, I love him this week. I think he's going to go crazy in the first half. I just wonder if they get up, uh, whether he sits on the ball the second half.
2: And, and I think a lot of it really depends on uh, you know Julio Jones and his viability and health for this game. I could definitely see that combo as a potential uh, G, you know, beginning of a GPP stack. Uh, You know, but just with, you know, Miami not being able to hang in this one, I I just don't see this being a very competitive game. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is not in the mix. And so, you know, I mean, I think this is even a spot where you might see somebody like Tevin Coleman, you know, lined up in the slot and, you know, in in, uh, you know two back sets uh, a little bit. Uh, Probably better suited for full PPR. But uh, I mean, you know, honestly, who's going to step up here? You've got. You know Taylor Gabriel who's um, really hasn't done much this year and is 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 really sort of a, a big play type of guy who doesn't really you know get a lot of volume uh, Justin Hardy's good around the uh, uh, around in, in the red zone but you know are you really going to use you know Hardy unless you're building 150 lineups so you know I, I'm just trying to find a way um you know to really get a piece of this offense um you know if, if Julio isn't hundred percent I don't know how I would be able to do that
1: yeah, I'm pretty much uh, pretty sure I'm going to go with some Julio. 8,400. Um, everything I've read sounds like he's good to go after the hip. He did have the bye week, so that helps a lot. Um, you know, the Miami defense is, uh, has given up some big games to receivers. Nine catches for 100 yards to Keenan Allen. Eight for 89 and a touchdown to Michael Thomas. Three and 95 and a touchdown to your boy Robbie Anderson. I just feel like Julio might be finally due for a monster game. You know, he's kind of been close to it. He's had a couple a uh, couple games where he had 100 yards or close to it. Uh, he just feels like a big game. I, I think it might be coming I think he's finally. Uh, I think he's finally healthy. Everything I read is pretty good. Obviously, I'll do some more studying on that uh, as we get closer to game time. But I think Orion. I think Orion Julio combo will be not as high percentage as it usually is, and could pay off large. Yeah,
2: and you know, additionally, you know, anytime Julio is on the slate, uh, which is you know, anytime he doesn't have a bye week or is injured, I'm going <laughs> to have a share. Uh, going to have a share of him, and right. so um, you know, like you say, anytime you think you can get him um, a little under owned, um, always a good spot for him.
1: Yeah, my favorite guy in this game is actually you mentioned real quick was Jarvis Landry uh, at 6,500 with Devontae Parker, you know, maybe playing, maybe not uh, with the ankle. Uh, you know, Landry's a target monster, 43 targets last four weeks. It's a perfect game strip script for someone like him. You know, I think uh, Cutler's going to be passing a lot in the second half, a lot of uh, eight-yard checks down to Landry. Love him in full PPR. I even like him in path point PPR this week. I like him at 6,500 at FanDuel. He's one of those mid-range receivers I really like this week
2: exactly and if uh, especially if, if Devonte parker is less than 100 percent i mean obviously lander's going to get a lot of detention from the defense um but you know for 6500 uh, definitely a good play
1: another game uh, indoors we have uh, the green bay packers headed to their division rival the minnesota vikings uh, green bay's uh, three and a half point favorite over under is pretty high in this game 47 as it usually is when aaron Rodgers is involved uh, starting with the visiting packers you know, Rodgers is just so good. He's, he's 9,000 this week, so he's fully priced. But he's one of those guys just always playable. Ten touchdowns the last three weeks. Uh, even though he only had a couple hundred yards average in the last couple of weeks, hasn't as many passing yards, but the touchdowns have been there. Um, the Vikings defense have only allowed 300 yards once to, to one quarterback. Hard to fade Aaron Rodgers, but uh, 9,000, good defense on the road. Um, kind of a tough spot for me to pay up for, for Rodgers this week, I think
2: nine thousand it's a lot of money it's you're essentially uh, really needing to rely on that 300 yard three touchdown game to get you know approximately two and a half uh, x on his salary and uh you know there are just a lot of guys that i like lower that will cover um that you know and especially expensive running backs that i like that's going to make it really tough for me to play aaron Rodgers this week uh you know with Jordy Nelson, I think he should be fine after missing uh, the last series of week five. He looks looks good to go. He gets the tougher draw of the trio with uh, Xavier Rhodes. Um, I really like Devontae Adams again. Uh, You know, he's going to probably get that Trey Wayne's coverage. Uh, And and almost more importantly, I mean, Rogers loves him and trusts the guy. And so, you know, he's back. He's in the mix. He's he's well priced. And so, um, you know, there's always Randall Cobb there as well. Uh, But I think Adams lines up for the best matchup here. I just, you know, I I don't necessarily see this one being a barn burner. I think, you know, anytime you're looking at a game, uh, you know, at Minnesota, it's not one that I I necessarily target uh, quarterbacks with. Obviously, we make exceptions for Aaron Rodgers, but I think his upside's limited to touch in this one.
1: Yeah, and it's tough because we don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Vikings yet. Sam Bradford looked horrible on Monday night. He just couldn't even move. You know, if Case Keenum plays, he gives them a little more right now than Bradford does. But I just wonder if they can score enough to make it a shootout or if they try and kind of slow it down and turn it into a kind of a little bit of a defensive battle. You know, if Rodgers gets in a shootout, then, you know, that's when you want him. I just don't know if we're going to get that with this game.
2: You yeah, know, I was really glad to see them, uh, you know, take Bradford out of the game. I mean, he just did not look right at all. No, uh, really, really sad to see Diggs not, not come through just, you know, one catch on uh, for four yards. But turns out he was nursing a growing injury uh, and, you know, obviously not looking good so far in practice this week. Uh, we'll see probably him limited all week. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with the splits when Diggs is on and off the injury report and when he's fully healthy and good to go. You know he's a top five wideout. When he's not, um, you know, really have to be a little bit concerned. And I think that could potentially open uh, the field up a little bit, especially if Keenum is the quarterback for uh, a guy like Adam Thielen, who I feel like is a strong cash game play against these, um, you know, the, this porous Green Bay secondary, and also spark star Jarek McKinnon, who uh, you know was was blasting off in the, in the game on Monday night. And so probably more so for for full PPR sites um, and GPPs. Uh, but but if you know if Diggs is not at full strength I'm liking Thielen even more
1: yeah i actually think Diggs might be a little sneaky uh, he he said today that he's going to play but obviously want to see a little more but uh, i think that keeps his ownership down the you know all the stats people have been referencing about uh, how he plays when he's on the injury report and that that you mentioned but you know he was 1 for 4 last week but you know he was 5 for 98 and 8 for 173 the two weeks before that Dallas wide receivers had three touchdowns last week against the Packers. Cornerback uh, Kevin King left the game last week with a concussion. Did not practice today, so Green Bay could be a little uh, little hampered in the secondary. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Diggs slides through at seventy three hundred a low percentage. It might be it might be kind of an interesting uh, against the against uh, off the radar play.
2: Yeah, and you know what else is interesting is you and I are almost sort of changing roles. Where you know you're <laughs> sort of the, the more conservative cash game guy. You're, you know you're 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 pulling a Julio here. You talk about him first before me. And uh, you know, Diggs coming off the injury, I like it, man. I like it. We sort of, you know, work, working well off each other, and and hopefully could put together some good lineups this week.
1: What about uh, what about Aaron Jones? Uh, you know, Packers running back looked great last week. 19 carries, 125 yards in the touchdown. He looked really good too. He kind of passed that eye test thing. That you know, I, I always look at stats, but I like to see a guy, and he he looked he looked electric to me. Um, it's tough though, because if Ty Montgomery plays, I don't think you play either one of them. If Tymont doesn't play, then, you know, Aaron Jones is interesting at only 6,800.
2: I think they just need to uh, to give Montgomery another week of rest. I mean, you know, I mean, ribs don't heal overnight. They don't heal over, you know, three-week span either. And so um, I don't necessarily expect Tymont to be in the game. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones looks good, like you mentioned. Um, he's going to see some goal line work. Uh, just a little concerned with his upside against this uh, stout Minnesota run defense that's allowed just one rushing touchdown on the year and one of the better teams in terms of yards uh, yards per carry against uh, with a three point three mark.
1: Yeah, a, a little not quite as good lately though. You know, Jordan Howard had seventy six mm-hmm. yards against him last week. Amir Abdullah had a career high ninety six yards the week before and a touchdown. So not quite as good. And I, I just wonder with, with Rodgers, you know, you can't really stack the box. You can't play the run. If Ty Mott doesn't play, I, th- I think Aaron Jones at 6800 showed me enough that uh, that I could use him for that price, uh, even in a, even kind of a tough spot.
2: Intriguing. I shall dig in deeper.
1: Uh, next, we move to another indoor game. We got a lot of dome games this week. The uh, the Lions are visiting New Orleans. New Orleans, a four-and-a-half point favorite. Big over-under in this game, 50-and-a-half, as you usually get with Saints home games. Um, starting with the Lions, I'm not really sure what to do with Matthew Stafford. He's uh, He's been bad lately. He's... Uh, he has three to- touchdowns total last three weeks, t- under 230 yards three of his last four weeks. Sacked six times in back-to-back weeks, uh, but you know you look at the you look at the over/under. The game script should be nice. They're a, they're a five-point underdog, um, so you know underdog, big over/under indoors against a struggling you know a defense that often gives up a lot of points. Uh, I'm kind of a, I'm on the fence on Matt Stafford this week. I kind of see both sides.
2: He was sort of the first guy that popped out to me, uh, you know, it, when I looked at the slate for the first time on Monday. Somebody I was thinking that could be, uh, you know, solid cash game play, especially given the, uh, you know. But I'm looking at his price. Uh, he's definitely priced up there still. Uh, the 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 uh, sharp money, the big sharp money, has moved the line down a little bit. The total actually from 51 to 50 over the last uh, couple of days. Um, he's back to full practice. He has been dealing with an ankle injury does have a nice matchup but you know like you mentioned just a really rough stretch Uh, four games under 17 Fanduel points no 300 yard games to date Uh, but that New Orleans secondary they're allowing a second worst uh, YPA of what 8.6 to opposing quarterbacks Um, he's somebody you know could perhaps pair well with Golden Tate who's got a matchup with Kenny Vaccaro Tate hasn't topped 60 receiving yards since week one but I think it might be a nice uh, potential bounce back spot for this duo
1: yeah, it's weird to look at the Saints, and they just got torched the first two weeks. You know, Brady and Bradford each had three touchdowns. They threw for like an almost 800 yards. It was like, you know, 790-something. But in the last two weeks, you know, uh, Cam Newton throws for 167, no touchdowns. Cutler was bad in their game, 164, no touchdowns. So they're kind of hard to hard to figure out. I don't really buy into those last two weeks. That was before Cam really got going. Um, so I kind of buy into more of the first two weeks. I wish Stafford wasn't 8,500. Um, I think, uh, he's kind of a GPP play though. I think that the, the three, four touchdown game is kind of in the bag, especially if this game turns into a shootout, which is very possible. It could be, um, I like golden Tate a lot this week. You mentioned him 7,600 quiet last week, five catches, 48 yards, but had a bunch of targets He had eight or nine targets, really good game script. Like I said, you know, they're an underdog, big over under, uh, I think Tate is the play this week, 7,600 kind of high enough where he won't be high percentage. They didn't, uh, he didn't bump him down based on his recent struggles. Um, I think I think I go with more Tate than Stafford based on the price, but uh, I don't know. Stafford's tempting uh, in this matchup.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think on the New Orleans side, uh, it's good for Breeze obviously that he's he's on his home turf. Um, you know they're they're coming off the bye. Uh, you know, but it's a tough matchup for him against the stingy Detroit pass defense. Uh, Michael Thomas is most likely going to see uh, get that Darius Slay treatment. Uh, and we're probably going to have Willie Sneed back, a, a fully healthy Willie Sneed. We've been waiting all season for this. Uh, he served the suspension earlier, was dealing with a minor injury, but uh, he looks like a full go. Um, honestly, it's just really tough to guess between guys like Coleman, uh, Ginn, and, you know, who's going to, um, you know, basically reap the benefits in, in the passing game with Michael Thomas busy with Slay. Um, so to me, I'm really interested in... The two underpriced running backs there, especially with uh, Adrian Peterson no longer in the picture. Uh, I mean, it's not like he was utilized much anyways as it was, but like the price on Ingram and Kamara is really nice. And Ingram is he's, he's really underpriced, sort of underutilized so far, but I think he's much too talented. And the fact that Haloti Nada, uh, who is now out for the year, obviously won't be in this game, I think is a nice boon to this uh, to this rush offense.
1: See, we talk about the Detroit secondary. I know they have a lot of talented players, but Week Three, Matt Ryan, two hundred ninety-four yards, two touchdowns. Last week, Cam Newton, three fifty-five and three touchdowns. Kind of, kind of torched Darius Slay. I mean, we talk about him; he's a really good cornerback, but you know, gave up a long touchdown to Kelvin Benjamin. Um, two of the last three weeks against uh, top-flight elite quarterbacks, the Detroit secondary is starting to struggle a little bit.
2: Yeah, and I know you you are the uh, uh, the, the anti uh, corner <laughs> cornerback whisperer. And so you you know you're always the guy that uh, is is in the mix or on in the know in terms of uh, when, when when somebody isn't uh, is going to be able to beat some of that that coverage.
1: Yeah, I mean what I, what I like about the Detroit secondaries are not just Darius Slayer. They have a lot of good players in that secondary. But you know Drew Brees, eighty six hundred home game off a of bye, got to think that sean payton's been uh, you know prepping and scheming for this game for two weeks um you know cam lit them up last week like you said he gets willie sneed back seven touchdowns last three games only one of those was at home Uh, i think that the detroit secondary might scare some people away and if i can get drew Brees a 600 a percentage lower than he usually is um i don't know really tempting maybe i'm just feeling the weeks week six magic of drew Brees
2: and i and i think at the end of the day um, when we're looking at lineups and percentage own you're going to see breeze up there uh in the in the top five of of quarterbacks owned simply because he does have that home game and we do have the high vegas total um but wanted to ask you you know on a site like fanduel where it's half point ppr um no longer is adrian peterson in the mix here not that he was much anyways kamara ingram for you i mean obviously kamara you know look great in, in the last game caught all 10 of his targets for 71 yards and a touchdown. Um, You know, how, how would you be interested in either of these guys or are you more, more interested in the passing offense? Uh,
1: definitely not, uh, not Ingram for me. Uh, You know, they're, they're missing one of their best linemen. Zach Streif is on the IR, Their right tackle. uh, Taron Armstead will be back this week. Their left tackle. that's going to help a little bit. Lines only giving up 3.3 yards per carry 75 under 75 rushing yards per game. You know, they gave up eight, 18 carries for 21 yards to Jonathan Stewart last week. They've only allowed one running back over 66 yards on the season. That was Devontae Freeman, 106 in week three. Uh, so Ingram's at workload should increase. He's he's very well priced at 5,900. Um, you know, Kamara's still there. Worries me because they split reps. I just think they probably split too much. Uh, I'd probably lean towards Kamara if I had to, had to play somebody. Um, but I'm probably going to stay away from both until that uh, until I kind of see a, a game without AP and see who's getting the, who's getting the load.
2: Yeah. And of course, you know, Kamara, it's interesting because those guys that, uh, you know, catch passes, the running backs, guys like Kamara, Duke Johnson and Andre Ellington, I mean, they're just, you know, because you're only getting half point. Per reception you're really so dependent On you know one of them getting into The end zone or, yep. or getting that big play And so it, it's it's always a tough Play every week uh, on other sites much Easier to, much easier to play especially because They're cheaper but here you know On FanDuel, where you can easily you know Piece together a lineup this week with a You know Kareem Hunt with you know CJ Anderson and, and Antonio Brown With a decent quarterback uh, it, It's really tough for people to pay down for that Second RB2
1: yeah, and what about what about you on Ingram? Is that uh, someone you're going to go to at the at the low price?
2: Uh, I have a little bit more interest with him on other sites. I think just because it's too easy to uh, to, to build a lineup, um, you know. I think you know if I'm putting together a third team that has a little little bit different of roster construction, Ingram is somebody I'm definitely interested in this week. Uh, I just don't think I'm going to have him in my cash game lineups or my primary uh, tournaments.
1: Does the uh, does the Darius Slay thing keep you away from Michael Thomas eighty five hundred because he's been he's been a beast lately thirty targets last three weeks, over uh, eighty seven eighty seven eighty nine and eighty nine yards last three weeks with two touchdowns, he seems like a real solid floor guy a really good cash play but the matchup is tough but you know great game script the volume is always there with Michael Thomas I don't know how Willie Snead back will affect that at all but uh, so what do you do with Thomas eighty five hundred you know. Again, great matchup uh, on, on the field with the over/under, but tough matchup in the secondary. Uh, where do you go on Thomas this week?
2: Yeah, I'm just I'm just a little bit scared of Darius Slay, and you know, for me, uh, probably not on any of my primary teams. Um, you know, I, I'm building five lineups this week. He'll, I, I'll want to have some exposure. That'll probably be my final stack is a, is a breeze, Michael Thomas. But to me, I'm kind of considering it against the grain because, you know, I'm, I'm not really anticipating, you know, nobody really goes off and has those 120 yard, you know, two touchdown type of games against slay. Um, and I am not necessarily seeing it this week.
1: All right. Before we get to the next game real quick, a read from our sponsor FanDuel. fancy football fans. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy football. Uh, Fanduel is fantasy football for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everybody. Lots of contests to choose from, starting at one dollar, going all the way up for as much as you want to play. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Uh, you know, it just adds a lot of a uh, lot of fun to the game. You get to uh, get to pick who you want. If you have your season-long leagues and you're missing a player, you don't have any Drew Brees, and you want to play him at home, it gives you a great chance to uh, to get some of that action. There have been over two and a half million players who have won a cash prize prize playing on Fanduel. Take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire wire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers you more than $1 million in cash prizes. That's with your first deposit on FanDuel. So visit vis, visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. So we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier. Now we move to the Tom Brady game. Patriots at the Jets. Uh, Patriots 9.5-point favorite. Over under 47 and a 475 uh, Tom Brady's 9,500 this week. Uh, interested or no?
2: No, I'm mostly not interested because, you know, Belichick is pulling his shenanigans. Um, <laughs> he has that, you know, shoulder AC joint thing going on. Says he's going to be good for the game, says he'll be healthy, um, but I'm not necessarily buying it. And for me, at that price tag uh, in a game where I would expect New England to blow him out, even though they're on the road, um, you know, I, I'm not really too interested.
1: Over uh, over 300 yards each of the last four weeks, 11 touchdowns. Uh, he's balling right now. 9,500 is expensive. Uh, the Jets don't scare me at all. But like uh, like you, the game script does worry me a little bit. I mean, uh, Kevin Hogan came in and went 16 for 19 for a buck 94 and two touchdowns against the Jets' defense last week. Uh, I just worry that uh, if the Jets score at all, Brady, uh, Brady could stay in there. Brady could throw four touchdowns. It worries me a little bit, but 9,500, kind of tough to play him on the road in this game.
2: And I think in general with the Patriots, uh, you know, this week specifically, I think it's, you know, because they are so expensive, it's really tough to rely on many of these guys for, you know, the cash games, all the double ups and the 50 50s and heads ups, um, you know, especially with, um, you know, being nearly 10 point favorites uh, to me, someone that's actually a little bit interesting and against the grain is a guy like Mike Gillisley. Lee, um, still somewhat of a dice roll. I mean, he literally is not involved as a pass catcher whatsoever. Hasn't topped 60 yards, uh, you know, over the last three games, uh, nor a touchdown. Um, but I can definitely see a uh, potential for some red zone carries for him in this one. You know, the Jets are allowing 143 rushing yards per game. Um, so, you know, potential possible double-digit game in, in a spot where people are going to be, you know, potentially paying down for the Ingrams or Kamaras or even going down maybe to a Samaji P Pirine. Uh, and especially with Brady less than 100 percent, which I think he is, it may— have him rely a little bit less on his arm
1: yeah I, I guess is definitely gonna be low percentage he's kind of falling off the radar since that big first game my, my problem with him though is he probably, he pretty much has to score two touchdowns to be to be really good and go off for you in any kind of tournament he only had 12 carries in each of the past each game in the past three weeks it just kind of kills his chance to go big he's got he has to score two touchdowns to be good
2: yeah and 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 some of the other guys in in that offense as well i mean obviously chris hogan is the most trustworthy of the pass catchers four touchdowns in his last five games his price has gone up he's actually rather close to brandon cook's salary Uh, cooks is 7900 hogan is 7500 this week Uh, cooks is going to draw the tougher matchup with speedy top jets uh, cornerback morris claiborne so to me cooks is probably a little bit more of a gpp guy Um, and then there's gronk if he's healthy uh, you know, he's obviously a pretty penny at eight thousand this week. Is is he somebody you're interested in? If you had a you know, role with one to go with your Brady uh, between Cooks, Hogan, Gronk, maybe even Amendola, uh, who would you be interested in there uh,
1: right now? Mine's Cooks. I mean, he's just been such a beast the last four weeks. Thirty two targets last four games over 60 yards each game. Five touchdowns in that stretch. I just think teams play so much attention to Cooks, he's so fast and so dangerous and then so much attention to Gronk. You pretty much have to double team him. There's no way to double team Hogan. I mean, he's just he's always in single coverage. He's always going to get in spots where he can get open and I I just think that the way they are when Cooks and Gronk are both healthy, it's almost impossible to cover Hogan.
2: Uh, oh, you said you said Cooks was your guy in the beginning. No, but you were Oh, I'm sorry. I
1: I, meant, I meant, if I said Cooks, I meant I meant Hogan. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to say example number two of uh, of the cornerback fader.
1: No, no. I like. Uh, I, I actually. I think Cooks is interesting. I think Cooks is more like you said, more of a GPP guy. Just always a threat yeah. to go off and hit a big one. And you know the Patriots love to throw deep. But if I had to take one of the three, I'd go Hogan. But you know Gronkowski's interesting. You know if Kelsey doesn't play uh you know he's kind of 50 50 with the with the concussion uh, tight end there's not a ton of options with uh, you know kelsey's not playing delaney walker's playing on thursday night zach Ertz is playing on thursday night a lot of the top end tight ends might not be there and gronk is kind of a huge edge in the pool i mean he's got he has over 80 yards last weeks when he played with two touchdowns he just gives you an edge on everybody at tight end just a matter of fitting him in eight thousand is tough though you've got you've got to find a, ge- a low a low price gem in order to make up that difference
2: Exactly. And I think that really works with, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of people paying down for tight end this week. Uh, Gronk will definitely be a sharp play if he's healthy. Uh, but it works with a lot of options at running back that are a lot cheaper this week. Uh, and then on the, on the New York uh, Jets side of the ball, is there anything that interests you there? Um, You know, like from myself personally, uh, I don't know what to do with Josh McCown. Like, you know, I've got him streaming in a couple of season longs uh, because Russell Wilson is on by like the potential game script with him uh, in the second half problem is he just doesn't really chuck the deep ball um he does occasionally um but most of the time it's somebody like curse or robbie anderson having to do all the work but it's just a lot of those short and intermediate passes and i wonder how much uh you know mccown can really generate and get going even against this defense that hasn't been all that great look better against tampa bay on thursday night football but in general um you know is there any chance here for a, for a second half comeback from mccown
1: yeah, I mean, you say they look better, but they only they only kind of look better. I mean, Jameis Winston still threw for 334 yards in that game. The Patriots have allowed 300 yards plus passing in all five games, but McCown just has so little upside. You know, if you're playing in a GPP, you need your quarterback to do something good. He's been under 250 yards in all five weeks. He's been under 200 yards in three of those five weeks. You just can't win getting that from your quarterback. Uh, so I have no interest in McCown, but I do have a little bit of interest in Jermaine Kurse. Again, should be a great game script. If they're down the whole second half, you got to figure he's going to get a lot of targets. He was four for 38 last week, scored a touchdown. Uh, the Pats have given up 70 yards or more to seven different receivers in five weeks of the season. It's a crazy stat. They've just been killed in the passing game. They're going to throw a lot in the second half. Um, what about your boy Austin Safarian Jenkins? Uh, you uh, We we, we, we kind of disagreed on him last week. He got the, he got the short one-yard touchdown that made him a good play. Uh, I still don't like him going this week. I know a lot of people do. Uh, where are you on ASJ this week?
2: Uh, lukewarm, I guess not, not, not particularly excited. I mean, obviously the Patriots defense in terms of, you know, their, uh, you know, fantasy points allowed against each position is, is pretty poor. Um, in fact, they're allowing the fourth most uh, fantasy points to tight end in terms of Fanduel points at 14.3. Um, so somebody that is in the mix, uh, but because he's not playing Cleveland or, uh, the giants, he's not going to be uh, as chalky. Um, you know, to me, I mean, is there anything interest interesting to you on the New York Jets uh, side of the ball in terms of the, the running game? I mean, essentially, there's only one guy this week, as it looks to be, uh, with Powell, who may not play, and uh, Matt Forte, limited at practice, still dealing with that toe issue. Any love whatsoever for Elijah McGuire?
1: Uh, I mean, he's remotely interesting if he can uh, get some uh, passes out of the backfield and catch the ball. You know, if they're behind and they check down a bunch. but. You know, he had uh, two, three targets last week, two the week before, even though he played a lot. Um, I just don't, I think I'd probably just stay away from the uh, the Jets running game.
2: Yeah, and for me, I mean, sure, it'd be interesting if, if you know, if, if I had a feeling that the Jets could hang in the game and he was going to get his 15-plus carries. Uh, definitely would be interesting in a GPP uh, dice roll. Uh, but for me, for the most part, not too interested in the in the Jets today.
1: So my, uh, my 49ers, uh, four straight games where they uh, they were right in the game on two minutes left but are somehow 0-5. They visit the uh, Washington Redskins. They, uh, Redskins are a 9.5-point favorite, over under a 46.5. Um, starting with the Niners side of the ball, i got a couple of guys I'm interested in here, but uh, why don't you go first? Uh, anybody you like on the Niners side on, on offense?
2: You know what, Josh Norman uh, looks like he's going to be out of the game, and so uh, I really like the spot for for Pierre Garçon, especially in a game with a potential uh, you know game script with uh, San Francisco having to uh, try to stick with Washington. Um, You know, it was it was nice to see Marquise Goodwin actually catch a few balls last week, finally connecting. My dude, I love Marquise. Yeah, I mean, eleven targets. uh, You know, had a similar line to Aldrick Robinson the week before when Aldrick went. uh, Three for 12, I believe, uh, but only had like 50-something yards. Marquis Goodwin last week, five for 11 for 116 yards. Uh, So, yeah, I think the most interesting guy there um, is is the spark star, George Kittle, who helped win people a lot of money last week at under 2% owned. Um, You know, What are your thoughts? I know you know the Niners really well. Um, Do you see Kittle becoming a a bigger part of this offense and was was last week sort of the jumping-off point?
1: Why don't you tell us what the heck a spark star is first?
2: Uh, what is a spark star? Oh, yeah. the spark, the,
1: the uh, S P A R Q. Oh, the, uh, like the workout stuff.
2: Yeah. Sparker, the spark rating. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah.
1: I like, uh, I like, I like Kittle. Um, he's, he's a little bit undersized. He's not a huge guy for a tight end, but, uh, Brian horror kind of relies on him. He he throws him a lot of stuff underneath the, uh, he obviously uh, had the touchdown to uh, tie the game last week. Yeah, I think Kittle's interesting. But if I'm going to go anywhere in this game, I'm going to go with Pierre Garçon, kind of like you said. Only 6,800. I think he's a little bit underpriced. Just gets a lot of work. I mean, he has 29 targets the last three weeks. Had eight catches last week against Indy. Um, I think they're going to be trailing in this game. I think the Washington offense is going to play well through the first three quarters. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of Hoyer to Garçon, you know, 12-yard slants in the second half. I think he's going to pile up some catches.
2: Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, And a lot of people, you know, coming in after last week and, and, and seeing that big game. A lot of people are going to be picking, up and picking him up in season longs and uh, probably get a little bit of DFS love. Uh, what do you see going on there with, you know, obviously Carlos Hyde still bothered by the hip. They're talking about him splitting carries with Breda. Uh, Matt Breda Um, I still think Carlos Hyde when healthy is a top seven running back Uh, just obviously didn't look like himself last week do you think that this talk is you know and and this is going back to the preseason I mean what is it with San Francisco management Um, you know what beef do they have with Hyde and is it that Breda is really that good or they just want to protect Hyde I mean what's going on there
1: I think it's probably a little bit of a combination. Uh, Breida just looked uh, looked a little better last week, and Hyde didn't have that explosiveness to him. I think that uh, when healthy, Hyde's still you know a majority of the guy, but Breida's done enough to split to uh, you know get not split carries, but get a little bit, get a good amount of work in each game. Uh, I'm staying away from the Niners running back this week. So I don't like the game script. I don't like um, that I don't know what the situation is with Hyde and Breida. I'm just staying away. Not uh, not either not a guy I'm going to play uh, in any lineups, cash or GPP. However, on the Washington side. I'm going back. Ride or die this week. Terrell Pryor, 6,800.
2: I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in Kirk Cousins uh, for cash this week. Um, You know, not particularly a great game script for Washington uh, for the pass offense. Um, But I'm still considering having uh, a handful of Cousins shares, pairing him with Pryor. And actually, uh, Jamison Crowder, who I have to imagine that the the, the skins are going to, you know, or probably have used the bye week to probably get Crowder a little bit more involved in the offense. Um, You know, he's got the best matchup of the bunch against Kawan Williams, the slot corner there, who has allowed a whopping 27 receptions to opposing slot receivers, like by far the most of any corner. It's it's insane. And so I kind of like a little Cousins prior Crowder action.
1: I don't think the 49ers have anybody that can stop Pryor. I think that um, the Redskins have schemed in their bye week to get Pryor more involved. He's really involved week one. Only seven catches the past three weeks. Did a big one in week four for a touchdown, but I think it's going to be uh, kind one of one of their, their game plans uh, in the bye week to figure out how to get the ball to Pryor. He's just their most talented guy. Uh, I think he eats in a big way this week. Uh, I think at 6,800, he's going to be on a ton of my lineups, and I think he's going to be on a lot of winning lineups this week too.
2: Damn, man. I just want to argue with you, but you were so uh, influential, <laughs> man. It, you make a good point there. Um, just a side note on, on the spark thing. Um, it, the actual acronym, because the only part I knew with this was the speed and power part off the top of my head, but it's actually an acronym for speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. So basically uh, right. a scare a scoring scoring system designed to measure like athleticism. So
1: kind of uh, like, uh, kind of like what a guy does at the combine kind of thing.
2: Exactly. And right. Kittle and Jerick McKinnon are two of those stars. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what about the running game there? Rob Kelly is out. Samaje Pirine, uh, he's combined for 40 carries in the, in the two games where he got work against the Rams and Raiders. Wasn't necessarily efficient. Didn't score a touchdown in either game. But you've got potentially a positive game script here. And he's only 4900 uh, I could definitely see some people using him this week. Is it a spot to fade or is the price just too cheap?
1: Uh, the price is cheap, but I, you know, you, you get so few slots. I just think you need someone that could do, uh, do something. I have not been impressed with what I've seen from P Ryan. Uh, and he, you know, he fumbled in week three against Oakland and that was a problem. He only got 12 snaps against the chiefs, but I don't know. I just, uh, I haven't been impressed so far. I think I need to see something before I put him in a lineup that uh, I'm spending any money on.
2: Yeah, and just another thing is uh, this could be a little bit of a. Uh, there's just so many weapons on that team. I mean, they got Jordan Reed, um, who was who's, who's obviously healthier this week. Chris Thompson, who uh, had a really bad game and disappointed owners um, in that week four game prior to the bye. Um, he's only 6,000 as well, sort of in that land of receivers in the, the 6,000 range that we saw last week uh, where there were a lot of options. And so, um, you know, a lot of names to consider here. Uh, you make a really good case for, for Terrell Pryor. Um, I, I, I like, uh, Jamison Crowder for the, for the price at 5,400 there too.
1: Uh, Jordan Reed, I think, you know, you mentioned him, a uh, 6,500, at tight end. Like you said, there's a lot of tight ends that are either, um, uh, not playing this week or playing on the, on the Thursday game with, with Delaney and uh, Delaney on Monday and the Ertz on Thursday, um, the Niners haven't given much to tight ends, but they haven't really faced many. Greg Olson got hurt week one. Jimmy Graham did nothing week two, but they weren't really using him at that point. Um, I don't. I think Jordan Reed's kind of interesting. He seems to be fully healthy. When he's healthy, he tends to be a beast. Um, you know, In his two full games, he had 11 catches on 14 targets. I think he's going to be really active. If the Niners can hang in this game a little bit, uh, Reed's one of my favorite tight ends this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and just so many guys. I mean, just so many players in that game. You just keep thinking about. It. I mean, even even Ryan Grant catches a few balls here and there. Uh, Josh Doxon. I don't think he's fully healthy, but you know, so many weapons. So figuring out the way that this game is going to go, because I definitely think there are uh, a couple of great spots here. Uh, it's a good game to target. Yeah,
1: the, uh, the Bears are heading to Baltimore. Ravens are a seven-point favorite. Over/under low in this game is forty. Um, On the Bears side, the only guy I'm even looking at remotely is Jordan Howard. He's 6900 so priced pretty well. Um, I think the whole Tariq Cohen thing has kind of faded away a little bit. I think people have figured him out a little bit. Now that Benny Cunningham is there, he's kind of filling that role a little bit also. Uh, Now that Jordan Howard's healthy, 60 carries last two weeks at about a a four-and-a-half clip. Um, Should lean heavily on him with Mitch Trubisky as a rookie quarterback. Um, Baltimore gave up 143 yards to Le'Veon Bell, but that took 35 carries. I just don't really love uh, taking a running back against Baltimore. Game script, probably not good as as an underdog. Howard's the only guy consider on the Bears. Uh, Is there anybody else
2: that you'd think about? Uh, You know what? Jordan Howard, and I have him capitalized uh, because uh, I I really like him. I really like this matchup for him. Um, You know, I think it's a really good spot. I mean, the guy has seen at least 18 carries in each of his last three games. Um, You already mentioned uh, his usage even more so with, uh, with, with Trubisky there under center. Um, and not to mention um, defensive tackle Brandon Williams may be out for the third week in a row. And I think that really hampers the Ravens pa- uh, run defense. Just hasn't been as solid. Um, obviously, they held uh, Lynch and Richard to a you know, measly you know, four yards per carry uh, or reasonable four yards per carry. But, uh, you know, obviously that offense just isn't clicking at all on any cylinders. Um, and so, yeah, it's a great spot for Jordan Howard. Obviously, this is going to be one of those. Uh, inefficient defensive style grind them out games. Uh, the total has even dropped from forty one and a half down to thirty nine and a half. So if I want any exposure to Chicago, it'll be with Jordan Howard. Um, it is interesting. Kendall Wright uh, at 5,200, um, just not necessarily, I, I'm not really looking to get any piece of any of the passing games. in This one.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I thought Trubisky actually looked pretty good against Minnesota, but you know, first game, first road game, Uh, Going into Baltimore, I just don't – not something I'm paying for. On the Baltimore side, uh, what about Javorius Buck Allen at 5,800? 21 carries last week and four catches. It was a good sign that they had a lead last week against the Raiders, and he ran the ball a lot. It could be a a game script game here too. Uh, You know, Seven-point favorites could be in the same boat where they have a lead in the second half. He has 20 receptions the last four weeks. He's not very explosive. He's a guy that has to have volume to be good. Um, but, you know, Jarek McKinnon killed the Bears last week. Uh, what about Buck Allen at 5,800?
2: So last week, most impressive is that uh, uh, he, he, he he ran the ball 21 times. And yep. so, you know, obviously Ter- Terrence West is hurting. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, uh, Alex t- Collins, Ter- the fumble Terrence machine. West,
1: Terrence West sucks, too.
2: He's horrible. Absolutely horrible. So, you know, Buck Allen is definitely in the mix. He's in, again, that range of guys, 5,700 to 6,300. A lot of targets there. Um, And and if you think this is going to be a run heavy game, Baltimore with the lead, um, definitely have to consider him. Um, Of course, you're really banking on him getting a touchdown. The good thing is also he is involved in the passing game, has at least four receptions in each of his last four games
1: what about uh what about the ravens defense uh like i said trubisky looked pretty good but you know threw a late interception this is his first road game the ravens had three sacks and a touchdown against oakland last week you know good game uh formula uh home team young quarterback as a favorite yep. uh, ravens defense you like
2: i do one of my favorites uh someone you're
1: gonna be playing I'll, ha-
2: ha- go ahead. yeah i'll have some i was gonna say hashtag analysis there yeah, yeah, yeah. i like them they're good yeah uh yeah i'm've got a, I've got four defenses I'm interested in. Uh, Baltimore is one of them. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate that way uh, and I'm, I'm on board as well in a game with a total under 40..
1: Moving on to another game that's uh, big spread. Uh, Houston's fared by nine and a half at home against the Browns over under a 45. Um, the Cleveland side, they're the visitors. Uh, the only guy that I'm remotely considering on the Cleveland offense is Ricardo. is it Lewis or Luis? Do you know?
2: I, I actually don't, and I'm not going to pretend to to know. I think it's, Ricard- I, I think it's gotta it's be Lewis.
1: Ricardo Lewis.
2: Um, I mean, I'm 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 usually good with pronunciations, but I just, <laughs> I called Brada, you know, I called him what I call him Brada, and it's Breda. Uh,
1: but yeah, Lu- I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Lewis. Uh, he's got uh, 17 okay. targets last two weeks. He's uh he's a min price at 4500. He's got uh, 10 catches, 135 yards last two weeks. One of those guys, that, again, game script guy. They're a, 10, a nine-and-a-half, ten-point underdog. They're going to be throwing a lot in the second half. Kevin Hogan starting this game for Cleveland, my Stanford boy. Uh, looked good last week, 16-19, and a buck 94 in his limited time. Uh, I don't want to play him. I don't want to play anybody else on the Browns. But if I need a cheap receiver, uh, I'm going to just call him Ricardo. Uh, at 4,500, should get some work.
2: Yeah. uh, Ricardo Suave. Um, To me, (laughs) for me, I'm more interested in playing Kevin Hogan uh, naked, basically, without any receivers or, or, you know, just obviously, it looks like Ricardo Lewis is the guy that is, um, you know, getting the bulk of the work there. Uh, Rashard Higgins has fallen off the map altogether. Uh, Kenny Britt is pretty much retired in season, almost like Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> um, but sixty-one hundred, I mean, you can do a lot with uh, w- with Hogan there, um, and really fit in some 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 pieces. Um, you know, go against the, go a little contrarian by paying up for two running back spots and maybe go with an Antonio Brown or, you know, maybe someone else. If you're really like a, you know, like a Michael Thomas, um, you know, he, he's a dual threat. I think he's a nice upgrade on the rookie Kaiser who just doesn't look ready, a potentially good game script and going against secondary. That isn't all that great.
1: I love my Stanford do, but you're on your own with that one.
2: All right. Fair enough. What about Houston side? Watson. Uh, he's yeah. been bananas.
1: Deshaun Watson's rolling over or averaging uh, 35 fan points the last two weeks. Uh, you know, last week was a lot of garbage time, though. I mean, he was just chucking the ball down the field. DeAndre Hopkins was just jumping over people. Um, some dude named Anderson, their backup tight end, Steven Anderson, had a great catch. Um, the game script might get him this week. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. They might run the ball out in the second half. He's 11 touchdowns the last three weeks. I don't think Cleveland can stop him, but I wonder if they get a lead and they slow it down, um, whether Watson can really earn that 7,900. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, it, I, I'm still not in a position where I have Watson as one of my top three quarterbacks on the week um, in terms of raw points. And I do think game, game script plays a big role in that. Um, you're going to see a lot of people go back to the well on DeAndre top. DeAndre touchdown Hopkins, um, you know, hit three last week. A lot of that garbage time. And you got Will Fuller there who's back in the mix. Really speedy guy. Nice uh, complimentary receiver has good hands. Um so it's interesting. The the one guy I want to mention, it's because we, we talked about him earlier in the week. We had the discussion uh, or argument about Ryan Griffin and whether, <laughs> you know, what type of percentage we think we're going to see on the guy. Uh, obviously, he was nearly invisible last week, um, but I think he's going to get some attention, in ca- especially in cash games at mid-price. Um, Just on the fact that people are automatically, you know, targeting those tight ends against the Browns, who, again, like you mentioned, started up the touchdown to to ASJ last week and let Tyler Croft score two uh, the prior week. So what do you think about Ryan Griffin?
1: Yeah, he's interesting. I mean, he's he's getting a little bit of work against the targets. He had 15 targets the last uh, last three games, only two catches each, each of the last two games. Um, I don't think he'll be as high percentage as you do. I don't think that many people um, know who he is or going to play him, even though he's playing the Browns. I just think there's so many other names at tight end. I think he'll be, you know, kind of in the five to seven percent range. Um, not, uh, not a huge percentage play. Probably not someone I'm going to go with. I just wonder how explosive he can really be. I like. Uh, I like guys I'm playing, at least in the GPP, at least uh, have a chance at 70 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if he has. They did it once against the Patriots, but I just think the game script on this one's going to go away from that. I don't think they'll be throwing the ball as much. Um, what about, uh, I think, you mentioned Will Fuller. I think he's a big-time fade. He has six catches and four touchdowns. That's an that's an absurd percentage.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, he, he's 6,000 on, on FanDuel this week. Uh, nope. Mr. Will Fuller, the, yeah, Mr. Will Fuller, the fifth. Yeah, I think just the way the – that game flows I, you know I, I think if anything um I, you know I'm most interested in this game in total as I mentioned in in, in Kevin Hogan um outside of that I, I think the pass offense might end up being a little bit of a fade for me
1: it's uh, it's week six magic weeks says I got to mention him what about Lamar Miller at 6800
2: He's a guy that always seems to you know miss in my notes because I'm a, a, a Donta Foreman truther and I'm waiting for him to come <laughs> around. But uh, you know that that split, um, you know that 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 you know uh, snap rate has really really changed and, and Foreman wasn't in the picture at all last week. Uh, Lamar Miller now two consecutive games with uh, 15 rushing attempts, 70 plus yards. Um, Even getting a little bit of action in the passing game uh, two weeks ago against Tennessee, caught four or five balls for 56 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, This lines up for a nice little game script for him. And, uh, you know, Cleveland has been all right against the run. It is one of their um, fortes. Uh, But I think, you know, Lamar Miller can absolutely, you know, they can get him on the goal line and he can rush one in.
1: Yeah, he uh, the Browns haven't allowed anybody to go over 66, 66 yards on him, so I'm a little wary. Uh, Miller really relies on volume, relies on scoring. Probably won't have him in many places, but uh, I like the game for script for him. Uh, moving to the 1 o'clock games, we've got uh, Tampa Bay heading to Arizona. Tampa's actually a 2.5-point favorite on the road, over under a 44.5. Uh, Doug Martin, the muscle hamster, was back last week. He's only 6,800. He looked really good last week. 5.7 yards per carry, and it wasn't like he had a huge one. He had five runs that were over 8 yards or more. Thirteen carries for seventy-four yards. Um, game script got him a bit last week. Tampa Bay passed a lot in the second half, so he didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of looks late. Um, the Cardinals have been good against running backs, but Lagaret Blount did go fourteen for seventy-four on them. No running backs topped eighty yards against them. They've only allowed two rush TDs. Uh, what about Doug Martin this week? He looked good, but I'm not sure I'm buying this matchup.
2: No, he's going to be a pass for me uh, simply because I believe that is the uh, the Arizona defense' strong suit. There is is the. Uh, the, the rush defense, um, allowing just, you know, 3.3 yards of carry to opposing backs. So I'm sure, of course, a back will slip through the cracks every once in a while. Um, you know, but for the most part, um, you know, the, the, this Tampa offense, uh, you know, you've got Mike Evans is going to be covered by Patrick Peterson. Um, obviously he's got that great height advantage and, um, you know, PP has, you know, PP squared has been a quite the shutdown corner this year. Um, I think that what that does is actually makes Evans a little bit of a low percentage real contrarian play um, but I'm wondering is Winston even going to be looking as, in his direction much uh, you know might be looking at kind of like Djax. So you can grab for 6400 if he's healthy uh, I was dealing with a forearm issue from last game um, the one guy that sort of interests me um, and mostly because of the price uh, 4900 is Adam Humphreys um you know I'm not I don't want to call him Chris Hogan light uh, because he's not. But he's averaged six and a half targets and over 63 yards per game over his last three. Um, I think if Evans is busy and covered, I think Humphreys, uh, you know, dealing with a guy like Justin Bethel, who can be had, uh, might be interesting at that price tag.
1: Yeah, I think he's more of a full a full point PPR site kind of guy for me, just based on the volume. Uh, I love my boy D-Jack again this week, 6,400. Uh, like you said, you kind of made the point about Evans with uh, with P-squared uh has been really active you know we usually think about him as a kind of an over-the-top guy but 29 targets last four weeks he's just missed two or three deep touchdowns already this season uh you know james just missed him a couple times nine targets last week five catches for 106 yards i like the game script here um close game over unders in the mid 40s but a close game that uh, they should be throwing uh, you know all the game i don't think anybody's gonna pull away in this game uh, i like D.J. i also like cameron bright he scored a touchdown the last three weeks he had nine targets last week against the Patriots, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Arizona allowed 61 yards and a touchdown to my boy Zach Ertz last week. Um, you know, like you said, with uh, with with Peterson on Evans, they might look to Brait, might look to Jackson. Uh, I like Brait at 5,900.
2: Yeah, and, you know, Brait, he's basically a touchdown machine, and, and Winston loves him. And he tied for the league lead in tight end touchdowns last season with Hunter Henry. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely in play this week, probably going to see somewhere around 10 to 15% ownership. Uh, people are going to want, um, a little piece of this game here. Uh, what about on the Arizona side? Um, you know, personally, I love the matchup for Larry Fitzgerald, a little bounce back spot after a couple of not so uh, great weeks against Robert McClain, uh, who I think is very beatable in the slot. I think Fitz is going to be peppered with targets. Um, my only concern is really figuring out how things shake out when all of the wide receivers are healthy. Because it's a situation similar to, you know, maybe a poor man's Green Bay or, or New England where you've got a solid quarterback in an offense that's very pass heavy. And they've got like four solid targets to throw to on any given play. You don't know when it's going to be, you know, JJ out deep or, 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 John, uh, or John Brown, who I think is the most talented you know, of the of the guys not named Fitzgerald. Uh, and even Jaron Brown has been in the mix has been really, uh, really solid lately.
1: Yeah, I love I love Fitz this week. Receivers are just killing Tampa Bay. Uh, last week, Hogan, Cooks, and Amendola combined for 236 yards on 21 catches. The week before, Eldo Beckham, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Brandon Marshall had 18 catches for a buck 90. Uh, Stefan Diggs got them the week before for eight for 173 and two touchdowns. So they are just getting torched. The Buccaneers secondary has been a, has been a great play to have receivers against. Fitz is only 6600 this week. I'm going to have him in a lot of lineups. Love him in that mid range. But like you said the other three guys are tough I mean I like, uh, I like JJ Nelson is kind of a big play guy if he's a, he's kind of a you know one of those uh, low dollar GPP guy, kind of guys to me if you're really trying to hit big in a big contest he's someone I like to throw in there at, at his price and he might hit a big one he was four for 80 last week so uh, but you, like you said it's, they kind of mix around both Browns and Nelson um, so we, we talk about the receivers we talk about how many yards they're getting uh, what about Carson Palmer then at 7100?
2: I like Palmer. He's uh, he, he's one of my top plays of the week. Uh, you know, he, he just was shy of the three hundred yard mark. I mean, he's he's up there among the league leaders in uh, passing yards per game. Uh, they really can't run, except for now. I'm going to be all in on Adrian Peterson this week. No, no, no! Stop me now. I'm kidding. Oh,
1: no gonna, Peterson. I was like, holy crap! I'm going to have to figure this one out.
2: <laughs> yeah, let, let me get my defense on this one. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I, I do think Chris Johnson is done there. Uh, but to me, the guy that continues to be interesting is Andre Ellington, of course, better for full PPR sites. He is 5,500, but he's seen 32 targets over the last three games. Uh, I've been using him a lot lately. He's been working out for me. Um, I think as far as uh, cash game exposure goes, I think uh, Palmer and Fitz are both in play. Uh, I think Ellington is uh, more of a GPP play, and I think you can also look for guys like the Browns, uh, Breit, um and, and even D Jackson. And, and, and my low percentage, Millie, play uh, Adam Humphreys is, is guys to consider from this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Palmer, they just can't run the ball. He's had 44 pass attempts each of the last three weeks, so the, the volume's there. 7,100 is a good price. Uh, moving on to the next game, the uh, the Rams, who have been uh, playing well, although they had a loss against the Seahawks last week in a the game, they really outplayed Seattle. They uh, go cross-country to Jacksonville, at least the late start that helps the Rams a little bit. Jacksonville's a two-and-a-half-point favorite off their big win over the Steelers, over under and a half. 43 um, and the I Actually, on both sides, the only uh, guys I'm really interested in are both running backs. Um, starting with the Rams, uh, where do you fall on Todd Gurley this week at 8,400?
2: Uh, It's a tough, you know, it's a really tough matchup for the passing for the pass game here. It's the second of a handful of very tough matchups for golf. Watkins is essentially invisible, uh, looking like a complete bust. Can't really trust any of the pass catchers. So it's really them having to rely heavily on Gurley, uh, who really had his first off game last week. I mean, he uh, had that fumble um, when he's where he was about to score a touchdown It just kind of threw the whole game off. And Gurley was a real bust. And so, you know, the Jags are still uh, your favorite word funneling. Their defense up, uh, you know, through the stop, run game and stop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just easy to run against uh, against this team. Um, you know, I, I I like Gurley. I like the price. Um, him and Fournette are honestly the only guys I'm interested in. Me too. Um, both vi- both viable for cash. Outside of that, um, I would be interested in the Jacksonville defense as well. Again not really buying off of you know trying to bite off a last week but uh, i think jacksonville is in play in most matchups i think this is another potential good situation for them um anyone else in this game interest you whatsoever
1: now I'm gonna look at Gurley and I'm look at Fournette. Fournette's uh, eighty six hundred, so they finally priced him all the way up. Obviously he was awesome last week. Um, you know, the ninety yard touchdown at the end of the game kind of changed his whole line. You know, he went from you know three three point something yards per carry to you know six yards per carry, whatever it turned out to be, um, five and a half or whatever it was. But um, the Rams give up four point eight yards per carry. They did hold down the Seattle running backs last week, but that is not overly impressive. The Seattle running backs are kind of a mess. Um, Zeke had eighty five yards on him, uh Carlos Hyde had eighty four yards and two touchdowns the week before. The Redskins obviously killed him in that week two game. So uh Fournette's interesting, but he's fully priced now and I just wonder uh eighty six hundred, he's gotta be a beast
2: he's a beast. I mean, I actually have that word written in my notes next to Fournette's name beast. And I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah. It, it, not just for that Munster TD run last week. Uh, he, obviously he's, uh, he and Freeman are the only guys that have, uh, running backs that have scored a touchdown in every game. Um, I found it interesting. Uh, I learned that Fournette actually didn't watch football growing up. Isn't that funny? Just, just one of those special natural talents He's like, ah, give me the ball coach.
1: Yeah, that's uh, there, there are certain freaks like that. And they, uh, they turn out to be fun to watch. He's going to be, uh, He's gonna be a he's gonna be a freak for a while. I hope he stays healthy.
2: Yeah, and I think I I have I've read a little bit about people talking about this might be a Bortles game. Um uh, I think this is more likely so for um other sites where he's priced a little cheaper. I'm not necessarily interested. Um the one other note I wanted to mention, and not necessarily for DFS here, but you never know. We saw Kittle go off last week is uh, you know, with the passing game most likely shut down for the Rams, somebody like Tyler Higby could be extremely sneaky, uh, someone that might serve as a safety valve for Goff, um, you know, with you know Gurley being heavily covered. Just a note that he's out-snapped Gerald Everett, who obviously has looked good as well, last week, out-snapped him 48-26. to 26.
1: All right. That, uh, could be, it could be a sneaky uh, kind of min-price kind of guy, especially in a, in a big tournament. Uh, moving to the next game, an interesting one, the Steelers at the Chiefs. Kansas City fair by four, over/under of forty-six. Um, you know, obviously the Steelers are in the news this week. Uh, they got they got smoked by Jacksonville in a weird game. Roethlisberger said, "Maybe I don't have it anymore." Uh, he's road bend this week, so I think uh, even at 7400 seventy-four 7, hundred, I'm probably gonna stay away. Uh, I think I want to see him do something before I go back to him.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I I think he's pretty uh, pretty off-the-cuff guy. I don't see it being like a rope-a-dope uh, where he's trying to fool the Chiefs and then he goes off on him and throws six touchdowns instead of getting six picks. Uh, Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of people on Antonio Brown in this game. Um, You know, people are going to want to pay up. They saw the 19 targets that he had last week, uh, went 10 for 157. Um, Obviously, uh, uh, vintage Antonio did not get into the end zone. But I'm thinking he's going to see a lot of Terrence Mitchell. um, Usually avoids Marcus Peters when they play the likely scheme to keep him, keep them away from Marcus Peters. Uh, But I think this is a game where they really should go back to pounding the rock with Le'Veon Bell. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, because of his price, uh, do you trust Bell and Cash, or do you think he's a little bit more of a GPP play?
1: Yeah, he's tough to figure out right now. I mean, he had that one big game where he had 144 yards and two touchdowns, but it took him 35 carries to get there. Their offensive line's a little bit banged up. Kansas City has not allowed a 100-yard rusher, um, but Kansas City has also kind of played from ahead, so they've been the other team's been passing against him. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Miller did get 74 yards against him last week, but – I don't know. It doesn't feel like a great spot for Bell. I loved Bell last week and he only got 15 carries, but he did get the 10 catches. So he kind of, uh, kind of made up for his lack of, t- lack of carries, but I don't know, maybe with Ben struggling and they feed him and they figure that's the way to do it. But uh, I think Kansas city might, uh, might play the run a little bit with Ben struggling.
2: Yeah. and You know, Kareem hunt, obviously I think he's going to be uh probably, you know, people are, are going to going to pay up for the guy. I mean, he hasn't found pay dirt in either of the last two games, But he's now rushed for at least 100 yards in four of his last five. I'm thinking we're going to see north of 20 percent ownership. Not to mention he had a whopping 29 carries last week, which was easily his career best. And that Pittsburgh run defense has been uh, a little leaky this year. They've allowed six rushing touchdowns. And their 5.1 yards per carry against is actually the second worst mark in the league.
1: Yeah, I was actually, I think I think last week was the most impressed I've been with Kareem Hunt. It wasn't his best game. It wasn't his best stat game. It wasn't his best fantasy game. But Houston was really playing him tough, really playing the run. And he kind of just grinded out that game. He had 29 carries, 107 yards after starting really slow. It looked like he was going to have, you know, no action. He had 32 touches. I was really impressed with Hunt last week. Wasn't quite the flashy, showy game that he had in week one or, you know, even after that. But uh, I was super impressed by Hunt. He's He, he impresses every week. He's legit really good.
2: So then the question is, uh so he is now uh surpassed Le'Veon Bell. He's ninety-three hundred. Yep. Le'Veon Bell is nine thousand. Kareem Hunt's averaging twenty-four FanDuel points a game. Le'Veon Bell is averaging sixteen and a half. Does Kareem Hunt end up as the essentially number one um fantasy player this year?
1: It's uh it's looking that way right now. Obviously, we're still we're still super early. Um, but uh, I sure like his chances. He looks uh, he looks great. I like the way they're using him. Um, with Kansas City's weapons, you know, they're a different offense now. Chris Conley uh, had the Achilles injury, so that's uh, that's a little bit of a, a field stretcher that's good, that goes away from them. But the way they use Tyreek Hill, the way they used Kelsey, uh, the way they, they kind of use Hunt out of the backfield and getting the ball, um, the volume is just so good. If he stays healthy, it's hard to see him not being the number one guy right now.
2: Yeah, you've got Kelsey still in concussion protocol, usually really tough for a guy to get out of that, you know, out of the protocol in, in, in just a week's time. We'll see how that works out. You mentioned already Chris Conley is out for the year, unfortunately. Um, Albert Wilson, who's supposed to step up, as their number two receiver. Uh, He's dealing with a leg injury. He may not play. So, I mean, who else is going to step up here? I mean, if ever this Pittsburgh defense is going to be keying in on stopping Kareem Hunt, which obviously stopping him is another story altogether. But, um, you know, we're looking at possibly like a a min-salary pump play in like a Demetrius Harris if Kelsey is out or or possibly even Tyreek Hill
1: yeah i don't have a ton of interest in the in the kansas city passing offense uh pittsburgh hasn't allowed over 235 yards passing i think bortles had under 100 yards last week but they've also faced a lot of trash uh, trash offenses so who knows but i'm not paying up for alex smith this week he's 7500 not someone i'm playing this week he does already have 200 300 yard games for the first time his career also has a 293 yard game so he's playing out of his mind right now Um, just not a spot that i'm going to be using him in
2: yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the game there. But um, I will say, if Travis Kelsey is out, Demetrius Harris is scoring a touchdown. He's forty five hundred on FanDuel. I like remember it. That. I like remember it. that.
1: I like it. Uh, I I think Kelsey's going to find a way to get in there, hoping he gets through the contusion. But like you said, tough to get through that in a week, and you know, kind of not really up to him. It's up to the doctors. Uh, moving on to an AFC West game, uh, the Chargers at Oakland. Uh, Oakland's fared by three right now. There's no over/under yet due to David Carr, uh, kind of his questionable status. It sounds to me like he's going to play, not someone that I would play. Derek, in. Uh, did I call him Derek David Carr? I, he's always you da- did I, it again. <laughs> I do it every week. I literally cannot get David Carr out of my head. I don't know what my problem is. I'm even staring at my we, spreadsheet and it says Derek Carr too. I actually I wrote it right. I just said it wrong. Terrible. Yeah.
2: It, yeah, I mean, I I, hope, I I really hope he plays. We obviously hope he plays for our uh, our, our Stopa League.
1: Yes, uh, I, I'm not playing him in, in any DFS sites. I think the risk of him um, going back out early exit backs are really, really tricky. I think the risk is too high that he, he goes out early. Um, not someone I'm playing with. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa uh, sacking him, chasing him. That scares me a little bit too. Tough pasty. I want no part of Derek slash David Carr this week. Neither one of them.
2: Yeah. And Melvin Ingram, man, that guy is an absolute beast. beast. I yeah, mean, he's just so, so fun to watch. I mean, yeah. Carr is limited in, in Wednesday's practice. Everything points to him being back on the field. But I, I think in general, I mean, this Oakland Raiders offense is a mess right now. I'm not really interested in much of it. Uh, Amari Cooper is not at full strength. Uh, I'm sure he'll end up playing, but um, either way, I mean, just not somebody I can trust, especially if he's going to get that Casey Hayward coverage. Uh, I think if I touch anyone on the Oakland side, it, might be Crabtree, but even then I think it's kind of, you know, just not a spot I'm really interested in. On the the Clippers. On the LA <laughs> side of the ball, uh Keenan Allen, always in play for cash games, at least 10 targets in all but one game. Uh slot corner TJ Carey of the Raiders is he's uh second uh in in um receptions allowed just opposing slot corners. He's allowed eighteen on the year. I think it's a good spot for Keenan Allen. Guys like Tyrell Williams and uh, Travis Benjamin, uh, who nearly missed one in the end zone last week, a little bit more of GPP punt plays, uh, especially a guy like Benjamin, who's only 5,300. Um, how do you feel about this game, and what do you think about Melvin Gordon?
1: Yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon finally kind of looked like himself last week. I think maybe the knee just finally wasn't healthy, or fi- it finally was healthy. They finally leaned on him. He had never, hadn't had over 50 snaps in a game. He had 65 last week. Um, he had 105 yards rushing, 58 yards receiving and the two touchdowns. Uh, one of those guys, though, the, the eye test, he just looked different to me. He, he looked better than he had all year. But he's back up to fully priced at 8,400. I think he was 7,100 last week, so he's bumped way back up. Um, not someone that I'm, uh, I'm having a lot of, maybe a little bit. Uh, the guy that I like in this game, you mentioned Keenan Allen. Those targets just give him such a nice floor. Uh, if he scores a touchdown, you know it's going to be a great week. Even if he doesn't with uh, you know so many catches, so many targets. You mentioned double-digit targets in every game but one. In that one, he had nine targets. So it's, it's pretty wild how consistently uh, he's targeted.
2: Yeah, so I think we're on the same page here. Uh, We we have no problem using Keenan Allen for cash games. Um, Outside of that, Melvin Gordon, maybe Crabtree and maybe Rivers. um, And then the cheaper receivers there on uh, L.A. uh, are all more so GPP.
1: Yeah, the, the Raiders have been susceptible to the deep ball, especially especially early. Or recently, uh, Mike Wallace hit them big uh, this last week. Uh, I think Benjamin's 5,300, you know, a GPP boomer bus guy. Maybe if you're in a, a $3 GPP and you want to be a little bit different, he's, uh, he's kind of interesting. Real quick, Amari Cooper, 6,400. What the hell is going on there?
2: Yeah, um, not much there. I mean, he's, he's just... Just just busted me, man. Just ab- a- absolutely busted me. Not not necessarily that I'm playing him in DFS, but I did have a high a high stakes league where I I uh, ended up taking him in the in the uh, late second round because he fell. I'm like, hey, what a great deal. Amari Cooper, 23 overall, is ADP 16. This is great. Um, yeah, I'm that sucker again. Uh, yeah, I think there'll be a time this season where uh, things are, are a lot better, but right now is definitely his low point. Um, and just one last mention uh, of something in this game is that uh, two of the members of the secondary of Oakland uh, missed the game last week, David Amerson and Gary and Conley. So I think it's important to track to see how they're doing, because if you've got second, third stringers in there, I think that really sort of opens things up in a GPP setting for Rivers and some of his past weapons.
1: Yeah, And Reggie Nelson at safety can't run with anybody. He's really he's really struggling on the back end for them, too. Uh, what about last guy in the game? What about Hunter Henry? We mentioned him. He's finally back in the mix last week, eight targets, a touchdown, 42 yards. He's just so boomer bust, but Oakland's been hurt by, uh, hurt by tight ends. AJ Derby had seven yards of touchdown on him. Vernon Davis had 50 yards and a touchdown on him. So some, some kind of a lower name tight ends did really well. Uh, Hunter Henry at 5,400. Uh, are you going to be playing him this week.
2: Uh, probably not. Uh, Henry was my big guy last week. I liked him against the giants. Um, You know, I mean, the Raiders have given up a couple of big plays, but for the most part, they've only allowed two touchdowns to opposing tight ends. The ones you've named there and um, are basically near the bottom in terms of uh, points per game allowed um, in terms of Fandle scoring to opposing tight ends. Um, I do like the fact uh, that he's sort of back as the de facto number one, seeing more snaps than Antonio Gates, which is the way it should be. Um, I think just it's really tough in that offense of, you know, who to play. Uh, but with tight end really being a question mark and people really having to decide among amongst a bunch of really cheap options, I think he could potentially be in play, uh, just not on any of my main three lineups.
1: All right, moving to the Sunday night hammer game, 5 o'clock game on the West Coast. The Giants, the uh, struggling 0-5 Giants, head to the Denver Broncos the Mile High City. Denver's favored by 12, over-under of only 40. That'll tell you enough right there with that big of a spread, that low of an over-under. Uh, next to the Giants, I just wrote, nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this may not necessarily be the most exciting uh, s- Sunday night football game, and that's probably an understatement, uh, and especially because the Giants lost their big star at Beckham and their other two receivers. So they're going to be leaning heavily on rookie Wayne Gallman, on rookie tight end Nevin Ingram. Uh, Roger Lewis, who's that, becomes the de facto number one receiver, might even see a little bit of Tavares King. So I think for the most part, um, it's really tough but uh, t- to really target anyone in this game. My question to you is, because um, obviously I respect your football expertise, somebody like Evan Ingram, is that somebody you now are no longer interested in? That is he not a cash game play because they know that that's where the ball is going to be going um, and the Denver defense will just be able to key in on him?
1: Um, I like Ingram. I just don't like him this week. I just I just see no reason to play him against the the Denver defense. Um, Denver will probably key on him a little bit be, because he's kind of their best weapon right now. He had no no target or no receptions last week after having uh, at least four in each of the first four games. I just I just have no interest in playing him against the Denver defense. I think this game could get ugly and could be really boring as Denver kind of grinds it out in the second half. Denver's not always the most exciting offense, but their defense is really fun to watch really good. I just think they're gonna kill kill the Giants.
2: And then on the Denver side of the ball, um, any interest in that C.J. Anderson Denver defense correlation stack for cash games? Uh, Because Denver's fully priced, 5,400, tied with Houston for the highest priced DST of the week. Um, Anderson is uh, obviously a key volume play in a game with good game script. Uh, Really sort of sticks out fresh off the buy. Um, You know, Jordan Howard is probably the tournament pivot, I think, in that price range. But what do you think about Anderson as a solid RB, two?
1: One of my uh, one of my favorite plays this week should be a nice game script home game lead good matchup. Their offensive line looks has looked really good. The Giants linebackers have looked the opposite really bad. Melvin Gordon killed them last week. Quiz Rogers ran for 83 yards on him. Wendell Smallwood was 12 for 71 on him. Uh, someone's run someone has run for 70 yards or more on them in every single game they've played so far. The Giants run D is just abysmal right now. I love CJ only 7000. My concern is that I think everybody might love CJ this week
2: yeah i think so too um and that's sort of why i mentioned the you know pivoting to howard in tournaments i think for cash games you just stick them in uh everyone's going to want a little bit of exposure to that evening game that could be a good spot for it depending on your lineup build um any interest in uh any uh, of in sanders or demarius thomas getting a bite of that eli apple
1: (laughs) that's your favorite that's your favorite one every week um I uh, I always liked Marius Thomas, but he's got probably a lot of Janoris Jenkins on him. Uh, so I think I think Emmanuel Sanders might be a little sneaky. Only sixty seven hundred. Um, you know, I don't know if people are going to really be targeting this game as from the from the passing angle. A lot of C J Anderson ownership, so The receivers might sneak through a little bit uh, with an over under of forty and a big spread. Um, game script might work against them. But uh, uh, Rogers Kamardi sounds like he either left practice or got suspended. One of the two. But the Giants mm-hmm. are a mess right now um i think if i had to go with one i'd go with emmanuel sanders 6700 i might play him in a couple spots for the uh for the sunday night game but uh, what i like uh, you mentioned the defense 5400 i like they priced him up if they had priced him lower they would have been really high percentage Um, i think eli
2: makes a couple bad mistakes this week i absolutely i can see it i even heard some trade rumors which are interesting but uh yeah, I mean, with with Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders, um, he spends a little bit more time on the right side uh, where he'll probably line up with Eli Apple. Of course, uh, Sanders and DT sort of, uh, you know, swap sides quite often. Uh, you know, I do actually think that we'll see Demaryius Thomas finally score his first touchdown of the season. I
1: hope uh, so. I just
2: don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just not a spot I'm willing to jump on outside of tournaments. Um, if I had to go with one of the two, I'm probably going to go with Sanders despite the uh, the, the Thomas touchdown call.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's probably the way that I lean to. Oh boy, the Indians just uh, blew this game badly. But um, looks like game five. Looks like the Yankees are going to move on. That's crazy. Um, thanks. Yeah, that's, thanks a lot, man. I have the game taped. You said we were talking about the game.
2: You're Which not, game? The, you haven't you uh, have you haven't missed I very much. I, I, I paused it in the sixth.
1: No one, uh, no one scored. Man. No one scored since you paused it. Until, okay. Until okay. until right now.
2: <laughs> All right, Rick
1: recap uh quick recap um what about at uh, a quarterback my top overall play i think it's gonna be matt ryan this week a little bit cheaper than a rod and tom brady i think he's my favorite guy this week uh maybe not that super high percentagely owned i think people would be a little worried about the game script in that one but i like ryan especially of a big first three quarters
2: uh for me my top overall play is kirk cousins oh i like uh, that also lo- yeah, I mean, also a little bit interested in uh, Matthew Stafford, but more likely for uh, for tournament only, and then mid range. Uh, I'm liking Carson Palmer in this matchup. Uh, I just don't see the running game there. I see a uh, 35 plus attempts for him again. The price is right. Uh, who's your mid range guy, and then who's your uh, your fade?
1: My mid-range guy is uh, Kirk Cousins, so not, not really uh, very interesting there. Um, my fade actually this week I think will be interesting is Deshaun Watson. I just uh, I think the game script's going to work against him. I think that uh, out the two games, I think he's uh, due for kind of a kind of a mellow game, and I just don't like uh, I don't like the second half there. He's not going to have to chuck it like he ha- like he's had to the last couple of weeks. Um, I think Deshaun Watson's going to be overowned.
2: And my fades are the expensive quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, for the uh, for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. Um, And then as far as sneaky low percentage play for me, it's Kevin Hogan, as I mentioned earlier. Sixty one hundred. I love the tag. Love the game script in this one. Uh, And then if he's playing Case Keenum.
1: That's an interesting one. If they uh, if they have to score against uh, Green Bay to, to kind of catch up, he could be uh, he could be letting it loose a little bit too. I like that. Uh, mine was Carson Palmer. I don't think he's going to be that low percentage, but uh, he was the guy that kind of flew under the radar a little bit for me.
2: What about running backs? Uh, your top overall and your top mid range.
1: My top overall play, not surprising, is Kareem Hunt. Uh, I just really like what I see from him. I think that uh, the Steelers are struggling to stop the run right now. Fournette thrashed them last week. He's my top overall guy. My mid range guys, um, I like CJ Anderson. I think everybody will. My sneakier mid range guy is going to be Doug Martin this week.
2: Okay. I like it. Uh, For me, top overall, yeah, boring. Kareem Hunt as well. Top mid range play is CJ Anderson. Uh, my top cheat play of the week is Mark Ingram. Um, I just really think this is the game that he finally explodes. I think he blows up, blows one off for a big run. Um, you'll probably see some people going to Kamara. I prefer Ingram. Um, and uh, my fades are Jay Ajayi, which I think obviously is a boring call, uh, but Aaron Jones as well, who I'm not particularly interested in this week, despite looking good in uh, week five.
1: Uh, my top cheap play is, is Buck Allen. I like the way that game sets up for him, especially if they get a lead. I think he runs the ball a lot in the second half. Uh, my fade this week at 8600 is actually Leonard Fournette I love him I just think at 8600 a little a little overpriced him this week and I think he probably uh, finally does not score a touchdown
2: and how about Snoke, uh, Snoke? sneaky low percentage plays um for me Jordan Howard uh, number one just pops out at the page for me uh Mike Mike Gillis leak because I just can't quit him just don't play him in your main lineup guys um and then the the uh the Ellington Kamara guys, uh Duke Johnson's of the world, uh, very interesting to me uh for for the cheap price tag. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to have a lot of exposure, but I like them as a sneaky low percentage play.
1: My sneaky low percentage guy this week is Tevin Coleman. Uh I think they uh, nice. I think they're going to smoke Miami. I think he's going to a lot of work in the second half. I think he's got a lot of work in the first half catching the ball, then a lot of work in the second half running the ball. I think they'll kind of give Freeman the fourth quarter off. I think Coleman uh Coleman could uh, rack up a bunch of yards and maybe score this week at a, at a really low percent.
2: Yeah, and I'm thinking more and more that it'd be wise for myself and for podcast listeners to fade um, Atlanta. You must have at least, after all that Scott's talking about here, um, <laughs> you must have at least one Atlanta team. Uh, just just stack that, you know, stack that up. Um, get Tevin Coleman in there, especially with uh, no Sanu in the mix. Um, definitely going to be involved. So I really like that Tevin Coleman call.
1: They are uh, they when they're clicking, they are a really fun team to watch. So you know we're here for fun. If you if you can stack Atlanta. Maybe go with – a. you could even go sneaky. Ryan, Julio, and Coleman uh, could be a really interesting one that, uh, that scores a lot of points. My top overall play, you led me right into that's Julio Jones this week. Uh, who's your top overall guy? Uh,
2: for me, it's Keenan Allen uh, overall, <laughs> All right. like the prices. Yeah, uh, just – like the matchup uh, get a little exposure to that game in the afternoon give me a little points bump before we head into the evening Uh, mid-range plays for me uh, boring with Larry Fitzgerald but um, you know he's been off the mark a little bit over the last couple weeks do you think he bounces back big in this great matchup Um, and also Adam Thielen um, only because I am not sure that Stefan Diggs is going to be at full strength and I think Thielen is going to reap the rewards of, uh, uh, of some of those Case Keenum passes this week
1: I cheated on mid-range, mid-range plays. I have five that I love. Um, uh, let's hear them. Larry Fitzgerald, Pierre Garcon, Jarvis Landry, Deshaun Jackson, and my favorite one, Terrell Pryor. I like all four, five of those this week. I'm going to mix and match them on a lot of teams.
2: Nice. What about uh what about cheap play?
1: Uh, Ricardo Lewis slash Luis is is one just strictly uh-huh. a game script play. Forty five hundred. If I need a cheap guy, I think he's getting some targets. And then I got to go back to my boy Marquise Goodwin. I think the way they use him, he's a GPP boomer bus guy, 5,100 this week. But, uh, you know, 11 targets last week, they're using him. He's their deep guy. Uh, they take a couple shots to him. It's just a matter if they hit him.
2: For me, uh, Jamison Crowder coming off the bye. Just, uh, you know, think think the team is working to get him involved. You mentioned prior as well. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but he's the guy for me, uh, fade wise, it's going to be Mike Evans. Um, just not necessarily a spot I want to deal with, with Patrick Peterson. Again, I, men- I mentioned the, uh, the, the, height advantage, but this is a different Tampa Bay team, um, that uh, has a lot of other weapons here and they don't necessarily need to rely on Evans every game. Um, so he's the fade for me. What about yourself?
1: My fade is uh Will Fuller, six catches, four touchdowns, gross. <laughs>
2: All right. Fair enough. Uh, sneaky low percentage plays for me. Uh, Humphreys, Adam Humphreys and yep. Travis Benjamin are my two sort of punt plays.
1: Uh, I like Travis Benjamin also. I also like J.J. Nelson. I think that uh, it's hard to figure out which of those guys goes off, but he's the guy that's most explosive to me right now. Four catches for 80 yards last week. Uh, he's my guy that uh, I don't think I have a lot of ownership but could hit big
2: tight end is tough for me um you know what I I I was thinking about it I wanted to put in um Evan Ingram as my top overall play I just worry about him in that game um fair to say for the first time I don't have a top overall play as we record on this here Wednesday evening
1: mine's uh mine's boring it's Gronkowski I just think he's a he's a big separator at the tight end position right now with Kelsey a questionable if Kelsey plays you know he kind of joins him in that group. In the mid-range, though, there's some guys I like. I like Jordan Reed, a little bit higher on the mid-range, 6,500. I like Cameron Bright, and the guy we mentioned earlier, I like George Kittle, also with the 49ers. I think all three of those guys are going to be mixed in my lineups. My fade, uh, your boy, Austin and Jenkins. Uh, I don't think he's good, 7.1 uh, yards per catch. Uh, he had a lucky one-yard touchdown last week. He was six catches for 20 yards. Uh, he sucks.
2: Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't really have a, uh, a fade for this position either, just because I don't necessarily I, I see this percentage really being spread out. And a lot of the main guys you mentioned, like Ertz, just not on the slate. Um, I like Austin Hooper in this game. Um, I, I think it's a nice spot for him to get involved, especially like we mentioned, Sanu is not in the game. Um, George Kittle, as we mentioned, a lot of people will be box score watchers will follow up with uh, with Kittle again this week Uh, but the truth is Washington is uh, third worst against tight ends in terms of uh, points per game Uh, I think that continues this week I think Kittle Kittle continues to stay involved Um, and then just can't forget to mention Ryan Griffin simply because he's playing the Cleveland Browns
1: (laughs) and on the defensive side my top overall play is no surprise it's uh, the Denver Broncos but uh, on the cheaper side low percentage uh, I'm I'm all over this game I think the Atlanta Falcons. I think Jake Cutler um, might start to get a little risky. He's going to start to force stuff. They've kind of uh, sat on the ball a little bit. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. I think this is the week that they get behind, and he does some dumb stuff in the second half.
2: Yeah, Denver, my top overall play. Um, I I do like Atlanta. I think my only problem, my my concern, is I was just really mad to see them priced up. They're the third highest priced defense, $5,000. So, um, you know, going to have to pay up for them. Um, really, no cheap plays that stick out. I was trying to make a case for, you know, Arizona or Tampa Bay, but I just can't do it. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to pay much much lower than for uh, for Washington at 4,700. But even then, without Josh Norman, I wonder how that affects things for that defense.
1: Yeah, Washington was kind of the lowest one I looked at too. The only other one I thought of was New England playing against the Jets, but their defense has just been so bad. I just don't think I can go there even against uh, even against the Jets
2: yeah and for my sneaky low percentage play uh, it's going to be kansas city again against a washed ben <laughs> roethlisberger uh always a da- dangerous defense a lot of weapons think they could uh you know one of the few threats per week for uh, for return touchdowns. so into them um as far as kickers just to sort of throw them out there um i do like brandon mcmanus i think you're going to see some ownership with him considering um he'll be the monday night hammer and a good game script sunday night hammer that is um justin tucker uh, the um the long forgotten um you know, beast of a kicker um, is in a good spot at home. Harrison Butker for Kansas City uh, and for cheap. I like a little bit of that Nick Novak. Uh,
1: my favorite kicker this week, I would have to look to see how much he is. Is Dustin Hopkins?
2: Nice, it works.
1: He's only forty-seven hundred. I will have him on a bunch of a uh, bunch of teams. Uh, I think uh, I like Matt Bryant also. As like we've said, we've pretty, made it pretty clear that we think Atlanta's yeah. going to score a lot of points. Um, I like your McManus play too. A little bit of a Sunday night action. Uh, they should score good against the Giants. But I think Hopkins is my favorite kicker. Very nice. Cool. Anybody else that uh, you want to discuss before we get out of here?
2: Uh, no, I think we we covered it pretty well. Uh, it's, you know, it's all about roster as it is every week, figuring out how we're going to – How the field's going to build those rosters, how we are going to build in uh, tournaments to sort of differentiate, uh, you know, decisions like Kareem Hunt versus Le'Veon Bell, uh, what we're going to do with those uh, running backs in the 6,000 range. Do we want some Antonio Brown? So hopefully we help you all um, with some of your decision making for week six.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to the RotoWire NFL DFS podcast preview for week six. Again, we are sponsored by FanDuel. Thanks to them for that. Again, if you could please rate or review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, that those ratings and reviews do mean a lot. So if you could take two seconds to do that, we'd much appreciate it if you enjoy the podcast. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week. And we'll, catch, we'll catch you next week, and uh, good luck picking this week.